Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. It's time again for another great episode. Thank you for choosing to listen in. I trust you're finding these episodes encouraging and helpful. I know that personally, I'm really enjoying our time with our guests, and I feel like I wrap up each interview with some great takeaway. Thank you to those of you who have taken time to subscribe to the podcast. We really do appreciate that. It helps also for you to know when another great episode is ready for you. Please take a minute to leave a comment, if you'd like to, on Apple Podcasts, because that really does help the show. We also appreciate it when you tell others about the show. So our goal is to be a blessing to as many Christian school teachers as possible. And we can't do that if teachers don't know about us. So thank you for sharing our information with them. Just a reminder to also follow us on social media. So we are Teacher Edition Podcast on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Teacher Edition Pod. And lastly, I want to again invite you to go to our website, that's teachereditionpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to our emails, but you can also submit your questions and stories. So I love it when we have questions come in and we can answer those here on the show. So take a minute, and I promise it really only takes a minute, go visit our website and there you'll see a place where you can leave a voice message with your questions. So you'll also see a place there where you can send us a funny story or a blessing from your classroom. These are just great ways that we can connect and we can really be encouraged together. So today we are privileged to have Rand Humble joining us. And I've had the privilege of sitting under Rand's ministry several times. And I'm guessing that a number of our listeners have as well. But before we get into our topic today, I want to share just a little bit about him and his ministry, especially for those of you who may not know him. So I'm guessing he's probably best known to most of our listeners for his camp ministry and his ministry to teens. He has served at the Wilds Christian Camp and Conference Center in Brevard for 30 years. And after that, he was the director of the Wilds of New England from 2009 to 2022. Currently, he's serving as the vice president of the Wilds Incorporated, and he has served as an adjunct professor in a number of Christian colleges and even earned an honorary doctorate in 2002. Of course, he has had the privilege of speaking to thousands of teenagers annually. If you've ever heard Rand speak, you know he has such a love for God's Word and for sharing it with young people and old people alike. He has a great sense of humor, and I know that each time I have heard him speak, I've been personally challenged um, and just learned so much from his teaching. He has also authored many Bible helps and devotional commentaries, and he hosts his own Daily Meditations podcast. He and his wife, Amber, have two grown children and three grandchildren, and I believe I read that they are intelligent and beautiful. So, Rand, I was sure to include that as well. So thank you for taking time to talk with us today, Rand. Sure. So I'm excited to spend time talking with you, and I was thinking about different topics to discuss. And honestly, I really had a hard time narrowing it down because I know you have dug deep on a number of topics. But one area that just kept coming back to me is the importance of protecting our devotional lives, our personal walk with the Lord. So educators spend their lives, as you know, giving and giving and giving and feeding into the lives of others. And so easily their own spiritual walk can be squeezed out or really just doesn't remain a priority. I've heard you speak on that topic multiple times. So I wondered if we could park here and talk about that and specifically as it relates to educators. So I'd love to start with this question. 
most Christian school educators know the hows of a consistent devotional life. But what happens when the motivation, that drive to be in God's word and in prayer just seems to be missing? What insights can you offer on that? That is a great question because we do know that consistency in our time with the Lord is more based on time management than anything. We want to be close to God. There's no question. And when we do spend time with the Lord and and really have a wonderful season of prayer and so forth, we just love it. So it's nothing that we don't want to do. So honestly, time management is the thing. But but there's also a couple things. I think I think probably the one that comes to me is the Revelation 3 passage. I wrote down here, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. This is what our Lord is speaking to us. Be zealous or be hot, be fervent, therefore, and repent. Repent of what? He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him, will sup with him, and he with me. You know why we should spend time with our Lord? Because he loves us and he wants us to. I don't know if you remember the picture of the garden. It's a famous picture where Jesus is knocking on the door. There's no doorknob. He doesn't force his way in. And when he comes in and says, I will sup, um, that's to feast, to banquet, to dine. And uh, I always like to illustrate for the teens. Uh, and teacher, you can get this one because I don't just deal with teens, by the way, but teenagers with wrinkles, which that covers most of us. The bottom line is when I, we have Thanksgiving dinner, oh, I stand there and see the turkey and the stuffing and the gravy and all the good stuff. And I regret I have but one stomach to give for this meal. And we do. My family comes, we laugh, we talk, we eat, we laugh, we talk, we eat. We'll spend a couple hours for that meal. But what we too often do with God is we like we, we go through a McDonald's drive-thru and we look for something fast and quick and easy. So I think the ultimate is because because our Lord himself, he's the one knocking on that door. He says, I want to come in. I want to sup with you. And, 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 and just to know everything he's done for me and know that he doesn't, he doesn't want to populate heaven with a bunch of empty-headed robots or something. He, it's, it's the concept of the greatest commandment of all. What is the greatest commandment? It's, and again, I, sorry, I keep going back to the teen thing, but when I mentioned about empty-headed robots, robots can be faithful to church and they can give, and you can put them on a drone and get them to be there on time. You can't program a robot to love. And if you really, really love somebody, you love to spend time with them. And that's what God wants from us. And honestly, when you really, really, really love somebody, you love spending time with them. And the more time you spend with God, the more you know him. And the more you know him, the more you find out how wonderful he is, and the more you love him. Therefore, the more you want to spend time. And honestly, you get to the point where you're studying, you look up at the clock and think, oh, stink, I got to go to work in 10 minutes. If next morning, you get up an extra 15 minutes earlier. Because that time with the Lord, it does it grow. It, it does grow your love for Him. Yeah, those are great thoughts. That's super. So that's a great foundation, great start. So we're commanded to read and to pray as we should, but we all know that that doesn't always happen. So what would you say are some reasons why we don't read and pray as we should? Well, we're too busy. But think about that. We're too busy for God. I think time management. We find out what we're doing that we shouldn't do and take it out of our schedule, you know? Uh, I mean, people want to keep up with the news, but remember, even Fox News repeats every 11 minutes, okay? So you don't have to watch it for an hour. So it, it is really a thing of time management. 
uh, to find out what I need to lay aside. And and it's too easy in our world. Okay, not just for teens, but all of us to grab these phones. And we just have to make a choice. We don't. If you have a set place in your home where you're not distracted, remove all distractions. That's what Jesus meant when he said you go in and shut the door of the closet. Uh, because in a closet, there's nobody to bother you. Only the shoes are there to talk to you. And so you're alone and can be alone with God. Set place, set time, and then you have a plan. And honestly, I play real quiet music in the background just to drown out everything. I remove every distraction I can so that I actively can just concentrate on my wonderful Lord, okay? Um, so I, I think having that set place set time and a set plan with the Lord is so vitally important. We're either too busy or we're too distracted or, I hate to say it, but we can be too selfish, you know? We we love what we think about what we think about because we love what we love. You know, I already know we're all busy. Come on, we're all very, very busy. But when we get the priority and if we really, really love the Lord— we will find the time. We'll be miserable if we don't have the time with him. And so write it into our schedule. Even when I was in college, I would go through my class schedule and say, okay, this hour, this hour. And they say, Rain, can you do this? Nope, got a meeting. I don't have to tell them it's a meeting with God. But it's important that it has to be that way. And honestly, the more time you give to God, the more you're going to look for more time. I promise. Yeah, that's true. And I love how you mentioned being busy because we can even be busy doing the things of the Lord and not do our, you know, take time for us personally to grow. We can be busy with so many, even church activities or whatever it may be, and yet we set aside our own time. So let's take the flip side. I know you talked a little bit about this, but maybe you can comment more if you have anything you'd like to add to that of we talked about why we don't, but why should we read and pray as we should? Well, again, number one, because the Lord wants us to. He loves for us to talk to him. He wants us to be with him. Um, we're talking to teachers, and Jesus is uh, the master teacher, okay? There's something I use in staff training. Um, it's just four points. You know what Jesus did? This is all from the book of Mark. Jesus spent time with his heavenly Father. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, Jesus went out, departed into a solitary place, and prayed. This is Jesus. The Son of God did this. Then he spent time with his 12, quote-unquote, students, okay? Spent time with them. Jesus appointed 12 so that he might be, get this, with them. That's Mark three fourteen. Mark four thirty four. privately when they were alone to his own disciples, he explained everything. He taught his students what his father obviously taught him and wanted him to teach. And you know what Jesus did then? This is uh, Mark six forty six. When Jesus had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. He went back and and spent more time with his heavenly father. Now, that was the pattern of this master teacher. He got up early, spent time with his heavenly father, spent time with his students, taught him everything. Then he went back. I like to do a morning and a night. I said, Lord, I need you. That's a morning prayer. And that night, Lord, thank you. Got me through another day. So you say, why? Well, because we love the Lord. And because he left us an example to follow as true good teachers, you know, the kids are going to pick up the by the ways. They're going to learn the math and the English and the science. They will, I promise you. But it's the by the way. And when you're teaching, you go, oh, by the way, I was studying about Joseph today. And 
And as a math teacher, 20% of the grain they kept, one-fifth. Wow, they sure did do a lot of wasting during those seven years. They're living off of 80. Just the by-the-ways and, and letting, letting the teams know that you are in the Word, and that's one of your most enjoyable things of the day. That goes a long way. It does. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, of course, we're talking to teachers and even as students, some of us, but teachers maybe especially want to know, okay, what do you want me to do? How do I do it? What's the best way to do it? Give me those, lay out those instructions for me. So in regards to prayer, the Bible references prayer repeatedly, but are there any particular passages that not only command us to pray, but also include what to pray, how to pray, when to pray, why to pray, things like that? Yeah. Actually, there's one verse that we probably could all quote, and it's the Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And it does. It tells us who, how, where, why, and when. Who? Us. You know the Lord. And and it's kind of like tomorrow I'm going to speak to the staff on being adopted and how the importance of being in Christ my wife was adopted. The day she was adopted, she had a new daddy to run to, to talk to. She had a family. Okay, so just thinking, let us, those who are part of the family of God, what a privilege. Let us, therefore, come boldly. How do we do it? Confidently and uh, not cocky. Uh, he does tell us how to enter into his gates. How do we do that? With thanksgiving, into the quartal, with praise. In fact, I, I, I lay every single prayer, every request, let's wrap it in thanksgiving. Even if it's something very, very difficult, like, Lord, oh, thank you for this cancer. It's made me pray more, and I really, really hurt for other people who have been through this. And I'm trusting you, Lord, to help me through this. Keep a good attitude not to turn on you. Oh, so, so whatever the request is, you can wrap it with thanksgiving, you know? So we come boldly to the throne of grace. Uh, why? What do we need? Mercy, forgiveness. We need grace to make it through that divine enablement. When? In time of need. When is there a need? All the time. But I think one of the passages that is so common that all of us forget sometimes, we get in such a hurry, we forget who we're praying to. My staff comes to me and says, Rand, we have to pray before meals. We have to pray before class for you guys, or uh, we have to pray before this activity. And what do we say? I said, remember who you're talking to. You're not talking to your students when you're praying. And even how it begins, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray, you spend some time teaching them how not to pray as a hypocrite, phony, and all that. But then, how did, how did Jesus himself, and Paul does this, our Father, who do you pray to? We pray to our Heavenly Father. Now, I'll tell you what I do, and I, I actually... Down the basement, I have a special place. I have a sheepskin on, on the floor because it's a cement floor and a chair. And I do, I love to get on my knees before God. And some days when it's really going great, it's my wonderful, loving, precious, heavenly Father. And other days when we have a bad day, my forgiving, oh, patient, heavenly Father. And so I use these words to help me Remind me what kind of God I'm praying to. And and I'm not being mean here. Please don't don't take me to task on this. But I'm in a different church almost every Sunday of my life. And sometimes the praying, our Father God, we pray, Lord, that the Word of God would. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. 
I had one of my staff pray one time for lunch. I'm not kidding. He used the word Lord 41 times in one lunch prayer. Lord, we pray, Lord, the Lord. Okay, we're not thinking. We're talking religious phrases. So, our Father, you're real. You're in heaven. Your name is precious, and I'm not going to use it in a foolish way. Even when I'm talking to God, I'm not going to say, we thank you for the Word of God. Don't go to seed on that, but think of the difference. If I'm talking even to a person, I'll say, oh, I like your shirt, or ooh, I like your car. Not, I like, and if I use a name... Jenny's car. No, I like your car. So if I'm talking to God about his word, Lord, thank you for your word. And then the daily manna or give us a day daily bread, that dependence on God, help us to forgive. Lord, is there anyone that I haven't forgiven? I want to make sure I'm right with you. Keep me from sin. Keep me in your will. I want you to do your will in my life today, just like you're doing in heaven. And with that in mind, Lord, could you come back today? Because I'd love to be with you. And I'm so ready. So what I'm saying, when you pray through that simple thing, and what I've done, I've rewritten that for teens. You can put it on your refrigerator in such a way that it's just a model prayer. Here's what happens. You listen to the kids. When you begin talking to God and saying, I depend on you, please keep me in your will. Please, Lord, help me not to sin. I get an attitude when the kids hear teachers pray like that. Then the kids walk away from class going, whoa, when she prays, when he prays, it's it's almost like they're really talking to God. That is prayer. And so that simple, simple, the Lord's prayer, and then the example that the Lord himself gives us, um, it's not rocket science. And there are times that I can't even hardly talk. We talk about Jesus, the wonderful gospel. He lived for us. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. But remember, he ascended. But it doesn't stop there. He's interceding for us today, right now. That's what he's doing. And he's also building a home for me, and I'm looking forward to that home. So he's going to come back and get me and take me to it, okay? Yeah, those are great thoughts. I love something that I hear throughout what your answer you just gave, discussing that is the thoughtfulness, you know, the mindfulness as we come to prayer. And I think we live in a society where things are fast and busy, and you're doing so many things at once. I mean, I'm just, maybe it's just me, but maybe you can relate you get somewhere, you know, I drive from my house to work and I get there, I thought, did I turn? I must have turned because I got here, right? Because we're just, our minds are on so many other things so easily. And then all of a sudden it's done. And I know when we sit down to pray, it's easy for our minds to rover, like you said, just say things mindlessly. And I, I just love that focus on be all there, be thoughtful, be mindful, and you're talking right there to God. So I love that. These insights are really practical. So I want to draw this all together. And maybe if I can ask you one more question, is there one passage that you would say gives us the real reason for a personal devotional time with our Lord? We've talked a number of different passages. Is there one passage that you would say just kind of wraps this all up of what is the reason we need to spend time with our Lord? And if so, can you take us there? Can I give you two? Is that okay? Uh, okay, we'll go for two. Real quick. This book of law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate there in day and night that thou mayest observe, is the next two words, to do. All that's written therein. You say, but Rand, I got to be successful. No, no, no. Don't think about that. I got to be prosperous. Look at the end of the verse. God takes care of that. How do you do the Christian life? How do you live for your Lord? How do you concentrate on him when you pray? How do you serve people and love people and not get offended when they stand against you? How do you do this? Meditate. Meditate on the word of God. 
put sticky notes all over your life, okay? That's Deuteronomy 6 is basically the beginning of sticky notes on, sticky notes on the house or wherever you can. Keep reminding yourself how wonderful your, your God is. And that's how the to-do. But I think one verse is a short, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Quick illustration, I give this to the teens, and I also have the privilege to speak at a lot of teachers' conferences, and I've used it there. When we were starting the wilds in New England, we were traveling around, and a lady said, have you ever had Maine lobster? I said, never. She said, we're going to have it tonight. So she brought him home. They're moving around, and my wife, Amber, was with me, and she loves animals. I, and I didn't know. I'd never seen one that close. I said, how do you cook a lobster? She said, well, you take it, and you set a pot over there. We get the water boiling, and we put it in. I said, you boil them to death. At this point, Amber walks out of the kitchen, and I ask another stupid question. I said, well, do they make noises when they die? And the lady just shook her head. Okay. So being a good husband I am, I stood between the kitchen and the living room, and I said, here she goes, hon. She's picking them up. She's taking the lid off the pot. She's putting them in the water. <laughs> then they gave us these little tiny forks, and we dipped it in that white meat and dipped it in that low-fat, low-sodium butter, and oh, it was a taste I couldn't wait to get another bite. You know what my Bible says? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I know I struggled forever knowing a lot about God, but didn't know him. I still remember the day in my late 20s, reading in Psalms that he was long-suffering or patient. I thought, yeah, but not with me. Oh, yeah, with me. And I spent 18 months in the book of Psalms seeking to get to know God better. And I was going through some really, really difficult things in my life. I don't come from the background that most Christian school teachers do. And so I had a lot of learning to do in my 20s. And all I'm saying about that is you acquire a taste that results in a constant hunger. And, and even if you have slow days, be creative, study the 12 apostles, and then go and just think of Mark as the older teen writing this book from what Peter tells him, or go and find out the fourfold secret of outrageous, contagious joy in the book of Philippians, or see about the contagious hope and the contagious love that the Thessalonians had, and, and the guidebook to spiritual maturity, which is the book of James, and I can go on and on, because the Bible is real, and it's God's word force. He breathed it to us, and he gave it to us, honestly, just so we could know and love him more. And you don't want to waste, you don't want to waste your life. You get to the end of life. I'm not old, old, but I am 66. And if I could repeat anything, I would have spent more time with the Lord. I really would have, because that is where the real joy comes from. Right. I love that. You acquire a taste that results in a consistent hunger. And that that's so true, that acquiring a taste. So this is just what we need to hear. We really have to guard our time with the Lord above all else. And we know that takes intentionality, that takes commitment. So what you have shared just shoots straight at the heart of that. But before we wrap up this episode with a question from our audience, Rand, do you have any other concluding thoughts or wrap-up thoughts? And then we'll jump into our question. Be intentional. Understand that your time, it just goes so fast. And I encourage you to do it in the morning. Just get up early. That means go to bed a little bit earlier. But just set that alarm get up early and uh, have have everything all ready so that you have that precious time with the Lord. You can do it. I live an extremely busy life, and I have found that the early morning is I can get up, 
and spend that time. It's quiet. Nobody's around. Try to get up before the world gets up. And my Lord's already up waiting for me knocking on that door. That's right. Yep. Get up and do it. So just before we wrap up for today, we do have a question that has been submitted. So I want to take a minute to share that and give some thoughts. And Rand, I'd love for you to weigh in on this as well. So here we go. My name is Tom, and I'm from Loganville, Georgia. I was wondering how I can support my, my younger students as they develop their devotional life and how I, as a teacher, can encourage and help them build those habits that will be so important for them in their life. So today we talked about the importance of our devotional lives, and this question focuses more on students' devotional lives, but I really think there's a correlation there. Rand, do you have thoughts there? Well, you know what? Spending time with the Lord is contagious. I'm serious, and it does get caught. When I went to college, my freshman year, my first class, math, had a teacher, I believe his name was Mr. Poa. He he shared what he got out of his devotions from 2 Kings. Now, I'd never been in that kind of world at a Christian college before, and I thought, wow, he has such a blessing. He's a math teacher, and he reads 2 Kings. I'm telling you, I'm telling you today, and that was a lot of years ago, so obviously it had an impact on my life. And some of the little things we do as dads, text your wife, text your kids if they're grown. Hey, let me tell you what God taught me today. Uh, for your students, just in the, by the way, by the way, guys, I was reading in Psalm 23, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. And as a little kid said, I don't want nothing else. That's the kind of stuff that we can do. By the way, you can do that with unbelievers. Let me tell you what God taught me today. I was reading in Philippians, and we can have joy and be content. We really can. Just as a matter of fact. Now, it's not put on a pretend. It's real life. So teachers, when your kids leave your classroom, they will remember something about you, I promise you. And if they remember that you have a genuine love for the Word of God, that's contagious. It might even take a couple years for it to really click for them, but it will come back, I promise you. Yeah. And I really, I couldn't agree more. And I think as teachers, we have such a unique opportunity to impact these students five days a week. And that's more than they are at church. That's, and our hours with them are more than their awake hours at home, really, if you think about it. And we can help develop a love for God's Word by giving them time to be in God's Word as well in our classroom and giving them guidance on how to spend time with God and by giving them time to share and creating that environment. I love what you said there of just living it before them, being contagious in front of them, and that that will get caught. And I think when our classrooms are an environment where they want to be in God's Word, that makes such a difference because I don't think they're experiencing that. So we see students coming today, they're coming from churches and homes that maybe that isn't the environment that they know. And I remember as an upper elementary teacher, I had a great um, privilege of seeing this love grow in my classroom because my, many of my students did not attend church regularly, even though it was a Christian school and they didn't come from strong Christian homes. So, you know, I kick off the year, we're going to talk about church. What did you learn yesterday in church? Let's talk about your devotions. Yeah, that was so uncool. <laughs> it was just downright awkward in those moments and really not accepted. And we started in our class just having short personal times with God in the mornings before we got started because I could see this just wasn't something that was a part of their day and it wasn't being encouraged in many homes. Of course, some were coming from great homes, but in many, that wasn't a thing. And then we would work in groups and have them share what they were learning. We had journals that they could write in because I didn't want them just buzzing through it and then raising their hand that they were done. I wanted them to you know sit and think and jot some notes. And for me, it was 
I had to learn that it was me talking about my devotions, talking about church, even when that was not something that they were super interested in hearing about, just talking, talking, and I just, it resonated so well with what you were saying. And eventually, even in me sharing struggles that I was having and how I needed the Lord's help, they could relate with that. And ever so slowly, those little sprouts of interest began to show themselves. And that was not me. That was definitely the Lord. And just seeing them ask, okay, over Christmas break, what should we read from our Bibles? Yes! You know, that's exactly what we're going to see in spring break. And then at the end of the year, okay, now what do we do for over the summer? And sent them home with a plan for over the summer. And of course, then they move on to the next grade, but you hope in that they have created a habit and a love and a desire to keep learning. So again, that wasn't me, but that was God growing that love for Christ in their hearts and giving them that desire to grow. And my job was really to create that environment for them. So Yes, all that to say, Rand, I completely agree with you. Teachers really can and should be instrumental in steering young students, even down to the little people, towards a devotional life where they are really wanting to grow and learn from God's Word. So did you have any other comments or final thoughts? We know I spend a lot of my life on the road traveling and speaking. So what I do is I visit a lot of coffee shops, a lot of airports, and probably for the past 30 years, I write six-week Bible uh, study guides. And they're all through the wilds. I think you can get them on Amazon.com. And this is not a sales pitch at all. So, like, you take the book of Jonah. Jonah is really about Jonah's magnificent God. And as I mentioned before, there's a uh, every book has its own thought and it has its own theme. Uh, and and when you think of it that way, you take six weeks. A habit is built. They say in 21 days, so six weeks, twice that. Okay. And uh, those devotional helps you read, and then there's three kind of journal questions for each one, and uh, it's it's just it helps the teens get in the habit of spending time. And uh, I would encourage try one of those six week studies, and then find another devotional one by yourself. Uh, the B series we used to do that for our kids. By the way, we'd buy them commentaries in addition to their other gifts at Christmas or birthday. Uh, let them get a hold of the Treasury of David, the three volume. Uh, so they at least have it in their libraries, okay? And so the, anything we can put in the hands of our kids to help them, and I know this is for teachers, okay? But as we said before, if you have been excited about something you're studying and reading and you share it with them, they're going to want to do it too because they want to be just like you as you want to be just like Jesus. Right. Thank you. And I'm glad you mentioned those resources. Those are great. And I do encourage our listeners to go check those out. I personally have used those with students, and they're so helpful. So much of getting students on the right path is showing them where to go, where to land. You know, when you just say, okay, spend time reading your Bible, you know they're going to land it somewhere, and they're not understanding, and it's just hit and miss, so giving them a plan. So that's great. I appreciate you mentioning those. And Rand, thank you for giving of your time, and thank you for sharing this challenge with us. Nothing is worth sacrificing our relationship with God, and I really feel like you have challenged us with that today. So thank you for your time. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to teacheredishonpodcast.com to submit questions for upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. Now, It's time to get back to your day, but it's not just any day. Every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and grace working in you. Go do what God has called you to do. 